Good evening, everyone. Welcome to that Brit Rest TV show. Once again, with the one and only Kieran Lafort. Hello, Kieran. Hello. How's it going? It's not going bad. Um, I've been uh, phoning up mystical tarot, um, <laughs> um, it, uh, or, or even or, or even love tarot. Um, I, I currently need that at the moment, and the, the outlook is um, shite. No. Uh, but in in all you, can you imagine if there was a tarot card that was just the three of shit? <laughs> Death, two of cups, three of shit. <laughs> So um, before we get into uh, this is Rampage, baby, um, I, I'm currently um, uh, <laughs> drowning me drowning me sorrows with a Death Star episode three, Dulce de Leche Imperial Stout, ten and a half percent as Mister School Meals puts England one nil up against Wales. <laughs> you need to watch out for Luke Skywalker trying to get a torpedo up your shaft or whatever it is. Well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take any torpedo up my shaft. <laughs> Kieran, how you been anyway, pal? Uh, I'm all right. I'm on the first day of a week off at the moment. Uh, and I spent it, as every uh, good teenage boy should, uh, playing video games and watching wrestling. <laughs> good lad. Good lad. Yeah. Love to see it. So um, we're on episode three and four of a UWA Rampage, baby. Yeah. The adrenaline's pumping in our chests. It I'm going to get a line in from that stupid song every week, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we have episode three, a recap of last week, showing the lead up to what we are getting for Daniels versus Doug, part one. Yeah, there was a, a recap was in, was interrupted by a different recap at the start of this show. So, you've got the recap of Linsky pulling Doug from his scheduled match. But as he was practically mid-sentence, it was interrupted by another recap of Rick McManus adding the... Uh, Rick McManus? Who's he? Mick McManus adding the... Uh, if Doug loses against Chris Daniels, he starts first in the, the gauntlet uh, stipulation. Um, I'm not going to do my Sheffield accent again for the uh, for the opening of the show. <laughs> <laughs> you want some? Come get some. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, yeah, uh, Dan Belinka is in the Crime Watch van again. Uh, and he's plugging Chris Daniels versus Doug Williams, uh, Johnny Storm versus Jason Cross. And I'm going to quote here, Mad Dog McPhee gets unleashed in the scrapyard in voiceover very obviously added in later. And then we cut to Mad Dog in the scrapyard and he says, no lights, no cameras, no fuss, the way Mad Dog likes it. And you're going to see what Mad Dog does best. And I'm intrigued here for two reasons. Number one. I want to find out what Mad Dog does best because on current evidence, it hasn't been wrestling so far. (laughs) (laughs) And number two, if there's no cameras, how are we going to see it? Mm. I don't think he understands how television works. Saying as well, no cameras, no microphones, say no more sort of thing. I don't know. It was, it was, it was weird and didn't really make any sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get into the scrapyard bit, which, listeners, this is the most funniest thing I've seen since Transatlantic Wrestling Challenge. Oh, <laughs> but talking of um, things in Britrest past, um, match number one now, which is the Death Squad versus Leon Murphy and Show. He's going <laughs> to steal it. <laughs> it's the one and only Mr. Mr. Uh, Rick Ress himself from the early 2000s, and it's the one and only Alex Shane. Yeah, your, he's not... Your mate, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's not the show stealer here. He used that name before and after this. Uh, he is, however, in an orange and black singlet and trousers plucked from the AEW's women's big box of shiny black pants, also accessible to the blade. Uh, and for reference, he is 19 here. 19. It looks like a budget rock as well. Yeah. Yeah, but like in 1999, didn't every wrestler want to be The Rock? Like, you know, the tall, good-looking, charismatic guy who could, you know, wrestle main event. That was what everybody wanted to be. Um, we get, Oh, they do an inset uh, promo. Jamila's there. You're facing the Death Squad tonight, and they're a very experienced tag team. How have you prepared for the bout tonight? Uh, Shane claims he's the best, the most charismatic and best-looking guy in the UWA. He's definitely the best talker of all the Brits we've seen so far. Yeah. Because they've all just been, like, fucking dead-eyed rabbits staring into the camera 
That that's one thing I will say for Alex Shane. He was very good on the mic. He can uh, talk less, things, less so in 1999. Uh, <laughs> uh, Murphy says he doesn't care about good looks. He's an ugly man. You can hit him as much as you like, and he's tougher than you. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. It was Alex who says sex sells, and Jamila knows. Leon Murphy. Says, <laughs> I missed that. Yeah. Cheeky bastard. Leon Murphy says his sex doesn't sell as he's an ugly fucker and many more punches just make him ugly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I like the idea of a chalk and cheese tag team of like av- like the, the good looking ladies man and then like the, the roughneck who just wants to wrestle. Like That's a good idea for a team, I think. Yeah. I don't know if it's these two and I don't know if it's these two in 1999. Um. Uh, Death Squad, we talked about them before uh, they they do something I really liked in their entrance they have bars that, that come down over the doorway and they break through them why do you waste that on the Death Squad? Why not give that to a singular big monster heel? Big because, cup of tea Well, yeah, maybe, yeah, sure uh, it's a better... be- Bend some bars or something Yeah, like it's, a, it's a better option than these two because what it looks like is it needs two men and the tiny girls, four people to break out through these bars. If you just do it with one person, I think it looks more impressive. More impressive. Mm. But the, the concept, I think, is very good. Uh, uh, Kenny claims the tiny girls are there to distract ladies' man, Alex Shane, and one of them immediately smacks Shane on the arse. There, there was st- stuff here, like, um, I did mention, about, uh, I'm going to say about uh, Death Squad's music, um, Smells Like White Spirit. <laughs> Yes, and and also, Paul, I don't think the tiny girls will be anywhere near the death squad in real life. No, I don't think they would either. Brian but... Nobed and Mike Reasonable. <laughs> Nobed and yeah, <laughs> one of them looks like Brian Nobs. The other one looks like a budget Mike Awesome. Mike Reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, they, I would say though, crowd love them. Crowd love yeah. the death. There was a full-on chant, and it's like these episodes three and four seem to have like less post-production done to the audio because, like, on the first two episodes, we really noticed like all the fake crowd sound that have been put in, mm. and and like the overdubbing and the music. We talked about that as well. This yeah. one actually seemed more like uh, the actual noise from inside the venue. Although I'm sure we're going to be proven wrong on that at some point as well. Wouldn't you say, though, that the crowd, this must have been a second taping or a back end of a taping because there were some empty seats there. I noted that on episode four, like there were, um, you could see hundreds of empty seats. They tried to disguise it by turning the lights down, but there are loads of empties. And um, this is all taped in one night, I think. Yeah. The first six episodes, all the wrestling matches are from a single night. So that must have been a long show. Um, uh, so, the- um, what's it? Steve on commentary says Alex Shane's pants are shit. Uh, <laughs> and um, Alex Shane is supposedly a male escort. Um, Alex wouldn't is, surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. You can do two things about it. There's nothing can like it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Alex too busy chatting up the tiny girls um, in the ring. It's a nice springboard leg drop. Then uh, fucks up trying to do a Harlem hangover. And one of <laughs> me next, what one of me next notes is I wonder if the tiny girls was on, were on that list of conquest shirts Alex Shane had. Oh Jesus, I've forgotten about that. Fucking hell! What a shirt! What a bad shirt that were. Yeah. You know, you know, looking back on things. Yeah, I mean, I think we could be fairly certain he tried it on with both tiny girls and Jamila. Hmm. Um, yeah. What were some of these flips Alex Shane were trying during this? He he would always do that in his early years. He would always do that until he learned to slow down and learn that he was big. He would always try all these flips. Uh, He loved to. He used to love doing balcony dives as well, or getting people to do balcony dives in his matches. Um, Yeah, he. You're right. He does. He does his uh, like springboard leg drop thing. Um, The he misses a, uh, a top rope flipping sent on, uh, takes the squad's finisher, but they decide not to pin him. Uh, and then Alex low blows. Uh, oh God, I've just realized his name. Oh, it's Mark Myers. I was going to say, Jesus, his name is Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, <laughs> Alex Lowe blows Mark Myers right in front of the ref, who does nothing. He misses what I call a stupid flip off the middle rope. And then all it takes to pin him is a leg drop. Yeah, oh, it's the worst leg drop ever. It's, it's, not, like one, it's, it's like one you'd do off your bed. Yeah, it's a play wrestling leg drop. It's not. I mean, Hulk Hogan's was lame, but come on. This, no, this was absolutely terrible. I just called this awful, awful wrestling. Like, mm. this wouldn't, like the previous tag match we saw, this would not have been out of place on Transatlantic Wrestling Challenge. Yeah. What what happened at the end of the end of the match? Because it's like Alex Shane and Matt Myers just got into a scrap, didn't they? Uh, so Myers did that after their first match as well. I think that's his. That's the idea. Is he's, he's this uncaged beast who just could, likes to continue fighting after the bell. But unfortunately, he's Mark Myers. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't suit him at all. So yeah, uh, we go to the adverts now, mm. and we have um, a new advert for the Cello News Network. Yeah, what is this? <laughs> It's just a woman playing the cello and reading headlines, as far as I can tell. What the fuck? <laughs> England win 2 1. <laughs> can you imagine? Live TV would try anything. This seems far too sophisticated for live TV. I mean, it seems about their budget level, but I can't be, imagine anybody who watches that channel actually listens to any music that has a cello in it. You think with the live TV, it'd be topless cello, wouldn't it? <laughs> that sounds really dangerous. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. It, what's it? The ball goes past a nipple. Ah! Yeah, exactly that, yeah. Um, so, Motor Finance Direct, that's that um, soft porn ab, yeah. ab, ad uh, mm. for um, Motor Finance, sportinglife.com. Lombard Direct. I always remember that advert. Oh, the Lombard. talking phone, yeah. The talking phone. Mystical Tarot, as I've said, I've rung that many a time. Uh, Wearing and Cold Solicitors, and Jeff, the Star Wars enthusiast. Yes. Not cleaning his bog this time. Right, here we go. Dambalinka. <laughs> More stood yeah. up now. I, he... I, I immediately noticed this was a new camera angle, so this had definitely been shot later. Yeah. Yeah. He finally got off his... Um, he must have had a numb ass or something. <laughs> I also noticed the camera creeps closer and closer to him in worrying ways throughout this shot. Yeah. Um, here we go. Mad Dog McPhee with, yeah. Paul, with Paul Martin in a scrapyard. So Paul Martin is the ring announcer we talked about on the last episode. Uh, thankfully, he doesn't talk quite like that when he's doing interviews. He's our like reporter on the spot here. He is, yeah. Uh, he's also apparently the brother of the uh, promoter, the money man, Andrew Martin. No, not that one. Who was, was behind all this? Not the WWA man. Oh, is that another Andrew Martin? I think it were, weren't it? I don't know. No, not not test. No, not test. Although Mad Dog McPhee does it like a budget test. He does, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Steve Linsky with his terrible accent isn't even even isn't American now. Uh, oh, oh, there's no Mad Dog here. Well, what the fuck happens here is he is like this show turns into a snuff film. <laughs> so, <What>? so. <laughs> We should probably explain. Yeah. <laughs> um, Paul Martin is our reporter on the spot at Mad Dog Scrapyard. I don't know if it specifically belongs to Mad Dog. I don't think so once we get to episode four, but that was what I thought it was here. Yeah. Um, Steve Linsky with a different haircut than he had last week and will have during the main event on this show <laughs> uh, does a terrible interview about how uh, this is how dog warms up best with no lights, cameras or atmosphere, all of which brilliant choices for a pro wrestler. You don't want any atmosphere. You don't want any lights on you. You don't want anybody to see what you're doing. Although with Mad Dog's case, it might be a blessing if we can't see his wrestling. Uh, a warning flashes on the screen and Dan Belinka says, the following match takes place un under UWA no holds barred rules. In other words, if you don't like your wrestling dirty and dangerous, come back in 10 minutes. Yeah. That, that was a warning for people who... Who <laughs> even scrapyard scrap <laughs> old scrapyard challenge here? <laughs> oh yeah, it should have been the scrapyard challenge. Um uh, UWA officials Dino Scarlo and Sorsha, who's another one with only one name, 
She is the uh, Scottish woman who was, I'll go and tell everybody what's happening from the other week. Turns out, uh, was Doug Williams' wife. Yeah. And I remembered, I've been on a car trip with those two, and I didn't even recognise her. <laughs> and also there was a man in a blue suit who's not recognised, isn't it? Yes. So these two show up in a Mercedes uh, with an unidentified man in a suit. Uh, Scarlo talks some bollocks to Linsky and, and Dog, and then the fight is on. It's Mad Dog McPhee in a scrapyard match against somebody called Tom Munro. Oh, my word. Uh, Have you ever seen the OSW review on Fatal Deviation? I've not, no. Okay. Fatal Deviation is a very low-budget Irish martial arts movie. It looks like this. <laughs> I, I thought it was sort of like some bad Emmerdale style brawl, weren't it? It really was. Like with Kane Dingle versus Zach. <laughs> Here comes Butch. <laughs> so Dog is wearing a white t-shirt and leather trousers, looking like a shit test, as I said. Um, and Munro is a fat tattooed knacker. Um, I call this a cinematic. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Tell you what, that's a title for this show. Fat tattooed knacker. <laughs> um, you could call this like a cinematic match in that it's clearly shot in segments. It's in widescreen, unlike the rest of the show. It's shot yeah. with a single camera and it's put together in the edit. But it's shot on cheap video with no production value and badly edited. So it's more a straight to video match than a cinematic match, I think. Yeah. Um, point of history this airs over a month before wcw would do the junkyard invitational at bash at the beach 99 that's the one where everyone got injured weren't it yeah basically pretty much. regal just hid yeah yeah you can't you can't see anything uh, and almost everybody got injured um they we keep cutting to dino taking his shades off cleaning them and putting them back on again i think they only had like one insert shot um so, the, I mean, you can't see me doing air quotes. The match is they forearm and grapple each other a bit. They use a few weapons. There's a cut to Skylo with the fight audio running underneath that sounds for all the world like these two big men are making passionate love on a car bonnet. Um, Munro gains the advantage by pulling on Dog's plums and then kicking him directly in the arsehole. I'm not making this up. I, I, I up to the bit with the uh, the big wind up by Monroe with a traffic cone, and he just yes. like <laughs> um, he gets a breeze block apparently broken over his head, but he clearly puts his hands over his head at least three seconds before it's swung. Like the uh, big show. Yeah. Um, Morgan claims this is a test of wrestling ability. Is it fuck? <laughs> Oh, they they get on top of a car. Both oh of them God. are absolutely fucked, <laughs> just sweating and bright purple and breathing heavy. And then Dog hits this kneeling pile driver on the car roof, and Munro gives up. He fucking killed him with his pile driver. <laughs> Smashed his head on top of it. <laughs> this was. Would you believe this segment only went nine minutes? It felt oh, like oh. ninety. It was so long. <laughs> It felt like fucking... I would try to think of films of this time where it like locked the stock and two smoking barrels and like your fucking snatch of this era. Oh, it, it generally would be something Danny Dyer would do. <laughs> yeah, this is much more Danny Dyer than Guy Ritchie. <laughs> yeah, you imagine Danny Dyer and Tamara Sam doing this bloody uh, stuff. So I don't know if I've ever told this story on a, on a Logden show. I used to work on the periphery of the movie industry. I was making promotional stuff for movies, TV shows, and video games. And usually I'd be behind the camera, but sometimes uh, I might have to go and do, like, conduct interviews. And uh, I had to go and do, be the interviewer for my company uh, at a junket for a movie called The Business. Yes. Yeah. I've seen that film. Right. So the first three people I ever interviewed in my life were Nick Love, the director, Danny Dyer, and Tama Hassan. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that, that was like the second film after Football Factory. Sure. If you say so, yes. No, it was. Because I was I was into watching all them Danny Dyer and Tama mm. Hassan vehicles. And 
Especially all like the Danny Dyer stuff, yeah. Yeah, I sat down. The first thing the director said was, uh, "Did you like it?" Yeah, uh, and I was. It was a period piece, wasn't it? Like it was set in like '86 or something. And I was like, "Oh, it, uh, brilliant sense of the period." Because like, no, nah, you just got shell suits and old cars. But <laughs> yeah, I think they were going for that. You, you remember the fucking sexy beast with um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like a cheap version of that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I, I did. I, I did. Back to the scrapyard. I did put awful, awful stuff. It was not good. It certainly was not good. However, it was different. Yeah. Um. Uh, on a dynamite, it would be the lowest rated quarter of the show. <laughs> I think. But. When we get into episode four, there is reasoning behind this stuff. There is, yeah, there is, and, and we'll we'll get into that. But first, another ad break. Live Love, Live TV's teletext dating service sponsored by Loot. You know what? I I, I better go to uh, what? What's the number? Uh, <laughs> it's on teletext, so uh, on I don't know. Text. Oh God, yeah, am I uh, probably sixty nine, sixty nine. I don't know. Sixty nine. <laughs> oh, zero, zero, zero fucking chances. Uh. <laughs> uh, back from the break, we get a hilariously over-edited Doug Williams backstage promo. And I was watching this thinking, why was this man ever called the anarchist? There's not like, much anarchy about him, is Well, there? I mean, his day job is he's a chartered surveyor. So, or a quantity surveyor, one of the two. So it's like, I don't really think you can bring bring that into his gimmick in any way. I do know, so we were alerted to it, but weren't able to find it. There is kind of like an episode zero of this series, which is like, uh, like a fake reality TV thing. And all the wrestlers kind of live in close proximity to each other and interact outside of the, sh- uh, of the wrestling show. Yeah. And, um, Doug Williams there, he's an anarchist in that he is a, he's more of a techno anarchist. He's a hacker rather than like someone who goes and firebombs parliament or, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And they keep saying, like, I think it's on episode four. They say like, uh, he, he, Doug Williams reveled in the, uh, chaos, him being pulled from the Stevie Knight match caused among UWA officials. Why doesn't he tell us that? Why doesn't the anarchist tell us how much he likes anarchy? Instead of just being a relatively well-spoken man from well, Reading or wherever it is he's from. Well, well, well he, um, I don't know, the anarchy in his promo was it swapped from colour to black and white. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was edited by an anarchist for sure. <laughs> Sorry, shouldn't have done that when you just take the mouthful of beer. <laughs> oh, my God. Match number mm-hmm. three. Yes. Johnny Storm. I am the one and only before that before yeah, not yet. before that stuff. This is Jason Cross. Um when the lightning strikes twice, it's Johnny <laughs> Storm. <laughs> Jason Cross looked like he couldn't be fucked for this match. Yeah. It, he had a t-shirt on, he was lifelessly slapping hands with fans as he came down the ramp. He could not be bothered. It's not Tiger Mass. It's not Michinoku Pro. I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> he went full Naito. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Kenny McBride on commentary announces Tiger Mask versus Grand Nanua for next week. And Steve Morgan makes a racist Kung Fu noise. He does. Yeah. Um, can I take this opportunity to publicly apologize to Alan Boone, who is not Steve Morgan? <laughs> He's not. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's funny, we were, ch- we were chatting um, last weekend about... Oh, about yeah. Did you see about, him? No, I didn't see Alan oh. Boone. But we were on about um, when they had the uh, on live TV, because there's stuff on YouTube about live TV, and there's mm. a fucking the midget weatherman. Oh, Christ. In, <laughs> the weather in Scotland today. And just <laughs> I don't know what the weather in Scotland is. I can't reach. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, just chatting about that. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Mole um, Chatter's referee, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Uh, Johnny Storm pours half a can of something over his own head. He's either in Sean Hart or Brett Michaels gear. I couldn't tell. He seemed to be a combination of the two. <laughs> uh, and he immediately channels Larry Zabisco by stalling like fucking crazy. <laughs> mm. Um. 
Uh, Cross eventually has had enough, uh, hits a baseball slide, bashes him into the railings and the timekeeper's table. Uh, Storm comes back and does some of the same to him and hits a middle rope moonsault thing that McBride calls an Asinara moonsault, which is not a thing. Apparently he did a backflip off a small Italian island, if that is the case. Oh, it could have been like the Sayonara moonsault. I don't know. You know how Uh, racist he was being. Hmm. Uh, they get back in the ring Cross makes a comeback but there's a dirty great edit in the middle of a spot and we cut to Papa T bushwhacking his way down the ramp in his Adidas variant costume this week (laughs) he was in his his rock three stripes he was yeah 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 yeah. only they were it was orange wasn't it the stripes were orange so he's a cross between the Taz the rock and the gimp he's more um, nation nation of uh, abomination Mm. Uh, T gets in the ring, throws some bad punches, and locks in a lame submission on Cross. It uh, just seemed like a setup to a pedigree. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, and it's not the submission he used to win his match last week. What? what oh God, I'm trying to think what he used now. Texas Cloverleaf. Texas Cloverleaf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's there with Rebecca, the, the mysterious woman again who is being manhandled by a UWA official, who is Kenny McBride. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess this was a no contest. Yeah, I think, I would think so. Or even like um, a DQ in favour of... um, They don't, yeah, they don't announce anything, but I can understand why Jason Cross wasn't interested in doing this. Like, he didn't get to win, and then he gets, like, manhandled by a gimp after the match. Like, an utterly talentless fool (laughs) in a terrible outfit. Uh, But he he gets up, and he's yelling at referees far too quickly after this match. Yeah. Utter shit. Just terrible. (laughs) So, um, Rebecca... One name again. Papa yep. T's manager is in the back with uh, Jamelia. Um, was, did she have much to say, Kieran? So the, the, I noticed something about Jamila, the interview girl here. She always says something like, I'm here with so-and-so. Hi, so-and-so. Forcing every character to say hello back to her, whether they would do or not. And it makes everybody look really stupid. Mm-hmm. She does it to Rebecca here. Uh, she asked, she asked, why Papa T interfered and she says Papa T is the very best wrestler in the world he's not getting enough matches and these other wrestlers are jumping around the ring like it's a pig pen and that's disgusting have you ever seen a pig jump I think she meant playpen <laughs> Um, well, I saw I saw that one shot out of a cannon on on the Simpsons. It's still good. <laughs> it's still good. That's about it. Uh, um, ad break. Yeah, so we have Judge Judy in 15 minutes. Yeah. Go on, the judge. Join the army. Yeah. Telescopic dusters and mops. Yeah. I have so one. this thing apparently sweeps and dusts at the same time. And the, the, the text page at the end with all the details on it was really weird. The word offer had a Spanish upside down exclamation mark in front of it. And the price was listed as £29.5, with the decimal point being a comma, like they do in mainland Europe. Yeah. It was it was like it had been badly imported from Europe and nobody had thought to check the details before it went uh, on TV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next week on Agony. Oh, oh, my God. Next week on Agony. <laughs> yeah. Has Cal found his right woman? Yeah. Balls, cock, cock, balls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should Michelle dig her heels in or become a loony? Is Jemima going to get James's escort seen to? What will Peter do now that his escort has backfired? Is Dave made up with Laura or is he just after her clothes? Pat, do you know what? Fuck the wrestling. Let's find all the old episodes of Agony and just review those instead. Because this looks like the maddest show going. Well, we're... <laughs> we're, we were talking earlier. Should we do a dating podcast instead of reviewing uh, <laughs> UWA? Yeah. Uh, oh, thankfully though we go back that to Dan Belinka and he's in, in the uh, the uh, what are yeah. they called the, the TV licensing van that's what I wanted to call TV it TV licensing van yeah yeah. this is a, this is the one we've been waiting for it's match number four it's yes. Christopher Daniels versus Doug Williams yep. even though I did sound like the ring announcer there <laughs> not Belinka um, I put Doug in his powers of pain long boys <laughs> 
<laughs> Can you imagine if they were warlord, barbarian, and anarchist? And like, one of them is just a foot shorter than all the others and can actually wrestle. I could imagine Doug with Payne's pain. Yeah. Um, so Daniels cuts a promo. Uh, Steve Morgan talks all over his story about uh, banging Victoria Beckham, which I imagine was, oh, fuck, we can't put this on telly. Quick, 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 talk over him. Uh, he says there's no real men in Britain to try and set up a, a heel Williams as a baby face in this match. And this is their first ever singles match together. In fact, their first ever match together. And they would go on to have about 255 on FWAT. <laughs> it's fewer than that. As far as I can tell, it's only about uh, uh, singles matches. It's only about 12. Bloody hell. Yeah. Um, so Doug has Linsky with him. And of course, he has longer hair than when we saw him in the scrapyard half an hour ago. Hey, I was going to say with Linsky because um, generally he's a bold chap, isn't he? So we're all these like, different hair pieces, what he had on. <laughs> No, it's 21 years ago, 23 years ago, and he actually had hair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the bell doesn't ring. Uh, Williams gets the best of early exchanges until Daniels hits a spine buster, a leg larry, and a drop kick. Linsky applauds all of this, and commentary picks up on him, like, oh, he's cheering for a fellow American over his own man. Um uh, Doug drop kicks Daniels to the floor and hits a Ray Phoenix-esque dive stepping from the middle rope onto the top and leaping off with no hands and then the replay and the crowd chant of you fucks up reveal that he actually lost his footing on the top rope. I will say though Kieran that he mm. actually got quite a lot of this so he he didn't, yeah. he, he didn't really fuck it up. No he didn't like he his foot missed the top rope but it's not like he splashed to the floor like Daniels was like caught him perfectly yeah. Um, and it looked absolutely fine. Um, there's nothing wrong. Like execution doesn't have to be perfect all the time. You know, if you watch a like a boxing match, not every punch hits. If you watch a football match, not every kick is you know a screamer into the back of the net for four, from forty yards. Um, execution doesn't have to be perfect in wrestling. Mm. Um, so Daniels gets up first off that, uh, but Doug turns an attempted powerbomb on the ramp into a short arm clothesline. Uh, uh, they get back inside and Daniel hits the angel's wings but doesn't go for the pin so Doug fires up no selling some strikes in the corner which is the first time I think I've ever seen Doug Williams no sell anything <laughs> uh, and he hits a Frankensteiner and they double down off simultaneous clotheslines yeah uh, Williams flings Daniels off the top rope and hits a bridging German suplex but Stevie Knight has magically appeared at ringside and distracts the ref giving Daniels enough time to kick out hit the last rights and score the pin and then Linsky berates Doug Williams after the bell yeah, so I would say Stevie Knight's like the uh, third person in this marriage. A bit, bit like Camilla, isn't it? <laughs> but better looking. Uh, better. <laughs> uh, this wasn't bad. Uh, I'd say this is probably as good as Kerry Cabrero versus Grand Nanua from last week, but not as much fun as Tiger versus Cross from week one. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I did, I did put decent enough match. I know nowadays they call it two professional wrestlers having a professional yeah. wrestler match, but I thought it was generally all right. Again, the standard of the actual in-ring wrestling on 1999 TV wasn't good. Like, if you watch a Raw from 1999, like, yeah. nothing's going longer than two... It's big stars, but nothing's going longer than three minutes, and rarely is any of it any good. It's all just set up for the next pay-per-view. Same with Nitro. Um you weren't going to get good long matches on either of those shows. And those were the two, the two prime television shows at the time. Um, I didn't think this was a good episode. Uh, the main event is the only thing really worth watching, unless you want to laugh at the scrapyard stuff. Uh, and I can think of at least three better singles matches they've had against each other since. Yeah. I would say there's better matches definitely on the, uh, on the first two shows, but I did yeah. think because I watched this, uh, this one last night and I thought, mm. 50 minutes. It's gone quick, this show. Yeah, yeah. And it's not boring. It wasn't boring. Oh, no, no. I was just watching that scrapyard match and just mm. like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just thinking back in my head like, oh, Kieran must have been really enjoying it. <laughs> it looked almost exactly like the stuff that me and my friends would have been making at the time. Yeah. But with worse choreography. Yeah, because we, whereas these people just watch bad wrestling, we watch Jackie Chan movies and tried to copy those instead. <laughs> in the local woods, yeah. 
next week, Grand yes. Iniwa versus Tiger Mask 4. Thank you for joining us on UWA episode 3. Now yeah, to no. Topless Darts and Ju- Judge Judy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no plug for the hotline this week. There wasn't. No, to no. must have had the night off. No. So the next one is uh, was aired on June the 6th, 1999. And yeah, we had a bit of a disclaimer here, didn't we, Kieran? Yeah, we opened with a sombre Phil Powers in the black room talking about Owen Hart's death, which had happened actually just before episode three aired. But I guess they didn't have time to shoot anything for that. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, I think it's more uh, important this time, more relevant this time, because I have Canadian wrestlers on the show who... I researched and were legitimately trained by Stu Hart in the dungeon. I've got an old here thinking they've been nowhere near, but we'll get into that. Match <laughs> uh, so we have a recap of Daniels beating Doug Williams. Uh, Dan Malinka is in the uh, is is in the control center. Uh, he oh, talks about old, old, old dangerous Dan Malinka. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's learned to blink since episode two, which is nice. Um, <laughs> not a dry eye in the house unless it's it Dan Blinker's house in which case they're always dry dangerous Dan Blinker yeah um, he talks about the overarching TV title gauntlet situation and tantalises us with footage of a locker room brawl between um, uh, Doug Williams and Stevie Knight an interview with Phil Powers who's standing by with Jamila and our main event of Tiger Merce versus Grand Naniwa shall we get into match number one though well first Phil oh. Powers is interviewed about the gauntlet. Yes. Uh, oh, he's inter- Jamila with uh, Phil Powers in his best golf shirt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just got just come off the back nine. <laughs> it was black and white stripes, wasn't it? He looked like a referee turned sideways. Yeah. 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 I'm going to say, though, my like, early 2000s golf shirts were quite popular. I think our Jeff had one as well. And oh, is this the is this the the monthly segment where you uh, critique a piece of Jeff's late nineties wardrobe? Yeah, no, no, yeah, I think he. Um, God, when I first started working at uh, at Antler, where I used to work, mm-hmm. made redundant from. Um, I, I think um, someone come in with a load of knockoff like um, golf golf t like golf shirts like mm. that golf t shirts. And our Jeff getting one actually mm. looked pretty nice on him. I don't think he's got it now, but but very nice. <laughs> there you go. That's Jeff's fashion corner. <laughs> well, if he ever decides to go as Phil Powers for Halloween, <laughs> uh, so he gets interrupted by Mad Dog, who who he calls Stuart again. Two people have called this man Stuart now. <laughs> All right, Stuart, and says, "Oh, for Christ's sake, do I great cash at yours?" And I think he meant to say gate crash. Uh, Mad Dog shoves the camera out of the way, pushes Phil behind the cheap set where Johnny Storm is waiting uh, and they give him a shooing on the floor while Phil yells, ow, damn it, while he's being stamped on. Um, with a what's going on here? Uh, well, he didn't give it half as much as that. Uh, Dino Scarlo arrives and heels back off and Scarlo doesn't bother helping Phil Powers up. He just stands there, don't he? Yes. He is a looming presence all across this show, <laughs> this episode. Tell you what, this episode four seems more like video packages and a, a, min, a mini porn film in the middle of it. <laughs> scrap, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're not, you're not far off. Um, so um, the, the first match, anyway, is the all-nighters mm-hmm. versus Too Far Gone. So um, outcome special... Special guest ring announcer, the lady with the big tits, tits, uh, Tiffany Bannister. Yeah. Some pervert grabs her on the way down the ramp, I noticed. You might have been that topless kid on the front row. (laughs) She announced, so I I wrote down her announcements for each team. Go on. She announces the tag team of Steve Morocco and Paul Terrell. Yay. Doesn't give him a name. And then both standing five foot ten and weighing a collective four hundred and forty-four pounds. Come on, boys! Doesn't give their name either. No, I was Fun fact: I... neither of these men are five foot ten. No, and then they never seen cruiserweights, have they? No, no. Well, is it is it Kenny on commentary who claims like they're two of the best cruiserweights in North America? Yeah, they are two five foot eight men with a good amount of puppy fat on them. 
The um, so yeah, too far gone are Steve Morocco and uh, Paul Terrell. Mm-hmm. The old nighters are Joey Knight and Robin Nightwing. Yes, who what if people are uh, so if people are unaware, he's just taken his name from two DC Comics char- characters yeah. who are in fact the same person. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, Robin Nightwing could also be known as the Sexy Monkey at various points in his career. He was over here a lot, as far as I remember. Right. Um, he did a lot. With, uh, he would do other UWA shows. He did WAW. There is a match with these two versus Rampage Brown and Drew McDonald on a WAW show. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were interested for a minute there, weren't you? Rampage. I bet yeah. Jeff's ears perked up then. He's like, Rampage. <laughs> Ooh, I buy a ticket for that. It's coming bet- running down your street. You want to know what this is all about? <laughs> I will I will say, Kieran. Mm. So they mentioned these two were training the um, heart dungeon. You know that when they said that, I thought, is it them two lads off wrestling with shadows? You know, oh, I haven't seen that in years. Who Stuart takes down. I know JP's been doing the impression of um, <laughs> you take um, a stew. Have some discipline and all yeah. that. But I, I was just hoping it was them to, like that that um, that white bald chap who just goes where Steve goes. He just pull your arm over here, and he <laughs> 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 got his mate just sitting there like fucking. What's this psychopath doing with me, mate? Um, <laughs> yeah, These we two, are... they are actually Canadian. They are actually brothers. Uh, they are Joe and Patrick Carolyn. Uh, and I think, yeah, like I said, I think uh, Nightwing used to be here quite a lot. I think he used to post on the UKFF as well. Right. Uh, I can't find any reference to either <laughs> of them wrestling past 2014. So I think they've they've given it out. I was thinking, is it 2.0 before their uh, <laughs> <laughs> big break in Chikara or something like that? <laughs> Sports entertainers. Uh, we want Brett Chance. No yeah, Brett was turning up to this. No, no, he was. He would have been in um, his WCW run at the time. He would. I bet Brett Hart was loving life right about now. He would have been in WCW, and his brother would have died a week ago. Fucking hell! What yeah. a what a rubbish week! Yeah, what a rubbish week! Um, yeah. So Kenny doesn't know which all nighter is which, and I'm like, this is a fucking taped show, and you were in the building. You've been on camera twice <laughs> already. Um, uh, for reference, Joey Knight has the short hair. Robin Nightwing has the long hair. Yes. And this must be one of the few instances in wrestling, I was thinking about this, of brothers pretending they're not rather than Edge and Christian Undertaker Kane type thing where two people who aren't brothers pretend that they are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not as weird as the, there was a situation in the NWA where they sometimes pretended that Ron Garvin and Jimmy Garvin were brothers. When mm. in fact, Ron is Jimmy's stepdad, despite being only seven years older than him. Bloody hell. <laughs> I watched your mind explode in real time then. Wow. Seven years. Yeah. Fucking Jim, Jimmy Garvin looked old. It was Jimmy Garvin, the older one. Or no, no, Jimmy's or- the younger one. Ron's the older one. How old was Jimmy at that time? <laughs> oh, this would have been uh, like Is 87. Michael Hayes being 21 when he looked at oh, that. Fuck. Michael Hayes looked 40 or 18. And like <laughs> he, 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 he wrestled and talked like he was 40 or 18 as well. He was main eventing at that time. It's crazy. Yeah, I've seen some like. Michael Hayes stuff from 1981, and he's like, he can't even legally drink in the US yet. It's crazy shit. Um, anyhow, uh, apparently there's going to be tag titles decided in Blackpool. Uh, I hope their tournament is better than TWC's. I hope it is, yeah. I hope there's more than two and a half teams. Uh, the Canadians bump around for the Brits a bit until Robin thumbs Morocco in the eye and they take over with double teams. Morocco makes a comeback with a clothesline and a suplex to no reaction. And now the baby faces are on top with double teams. And we get our first mid-match ad break of the series. We've got to go to pitcher and pitcher, Taz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, except uh, whoever uploaded this or taped this edited the ads out. So we don't get any. It was on standard play, weren't it? It was, yeah. 
this is something else that's nicer than uh, TWC. It's not on fucking long play. It's slightly oh. better quality to watch. And what do you think of the jiggy jiggy double elbow drop? Um, by, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. What the fuck were they, do- were they thinking the road dog? I guess so. Um, neither of them could dance. That was very clear. Uh, so uh, Knight does the Liger flip off the apron to Morocco, followed by Nightwing flattening them both with a top rope dive. And then Terrell hits everyone with his own top rope dive. Uh, uh, back inside, Terrell hits an elbow drop into a side slam and makes the cover. And the referee counts the pin, despite him watching Terrell tag in Morocco seconds before they did the move. <laughs> Every episode, every tag match on this show, the referee has fucked up who the legal man is. They, they need they need that bad referee from Buddy uh, Transit. They've got three bad referees. <laughs> I don't need <laughs> any more. Paul Chatter's probably the best of the three. Yeah, quite possible. Well, he hasn't had to ref a tag match yet. Hold on. No, no. Um, this was lifeless, no chemistry. It was just wrestling, and neither team showed anything. Were they the... W- for me, the all-nighters are maybe the worst team I've seen. Since when? Since you started watching wrestling? <laughs> Since um, the fucking, what what were they called? Mad Dog McPhee and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I'll tell you what, they, they, were, they were... You know, like the big build-up, the ad coming in, like yeah. oh, this great team, and then... Fucking hell, two showers of shit walk out. <laughs> and God, they were so bad. Absolutely yeah. bad. None of this was good at all. Um, uh, after the match, Saw winner Morocco batters Nightwing after the bell, as Kenny says, rightly, for no good reason. Uh, the replay of the finish looked good, though, so I'll give them that. They got five seconds of good slow motion footage out of this, but this was terrible. Mm. Um. So, an update. Uh, we have um, a replay package of an update on uh, Phil Powers. Looks like yes. his um, arm is fucked by the looks of it. I honestly thought he was going to be Dusty Rhodes and like, or Poochie, like Poochie Powers. Like, anytime he wasn't on the screen, they were going to be talking about him. But thankfully, that didn't happen. Yeah. Because he was mentioned a lot through that tag match. And, you know, given the action in the tag match, I'd rather talk about Phil Powers than what was going on in the ring. <laughs> But to be to be honest, Kieran, I, did, I actually did think that they'd, uh, you know, do a backstage promo with him with like his arm going like, oh, you're like just talking. Yeah, they had uh, they had a the promo was was, ow. Yeah, he was sitting on the floor and they had a medic squeezing his wrist, didn't they? Um, uh, we get a recap of the scrapyard fight from last week and the revelation that Dino Scarlo has been organising them, telling young wrestlers that their route to success is to participate in these matches while shady individuals bet on them. Oh my word! This Dino Scarlo, obviously Dino Scarlo, abusing his power by organising these now. Uh, sanctioned scrapyard matches or non-sanctioned? Yes. Oh no! Not more scrapyard this week. Yeah. Two we- lads were in the. Oh. In fucking hell. So, so this is Wera taking on a man known only as Frank. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a special report from Kenny McBride. It's a pair of guys in martial arts gear. Um, I'm glad you got his name because I didn't. Uh, I only got Frank. Uh, the fight is lame. Neither of them have any charisma. Uh, Dino, the bloke with the Mercedes, and Mrs. Williams, watch on. She is clearly trying not to laugh in at least two shots during this. Um, Dino is impressed with the winner. I don't know why. Um, there is uh, there's a hilarious shot with a cone in this. Um, someone gets banged over the head with a, with a plastic stop sign. Um, they didn't want to hit each other. It was really weird. Um it, it, so, it was like two two men in a street outside Yates's, and it's like, go on, you want some? And the, yeah, not- it's all yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the talk has turned to action, and neither of them actually want to throw down. Yeah. Um. So Alex Shane and Leon Murphy shown up. Shane cuts a lame promo, shoehorning in cliches and catchphrases at a hundred miles an hour. And he says he, he won't man- be manicure injury, doesn't he? Yes, he has. He used the word vicious a lot. A vicious manicure in- injury from a vicious beautician. Um, uh, he says he won't be participating in the scrapyard matches, but Murphy will. 
Dino then does some bad ad-libbing about how Murphy's opponent hasn't shown up and then attacks Murphy. So a guy who wasn't supposed to have a match is fighting a guy who wasn't supposed to have a match. Mm. Uh, Murphy does hit a nice gut wrench suplex onto a car bonnet, though. And we're treated to Leon Murphy versus Dino Scarlo in his full suit, three-piece suit, <laughs> fighting in a scrapyard. Oh. Scarlo wins when Murphy punches the side of a caravan, breaking his hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the cameraman got taken out as yeah. well. Yeah, that can happen. Uh, uh, Scarlo and Sorsha have apparently been reprimanded by Mick McManus, but neither of them have been suspended or fired. Uh, and apparently uh, McManus has laid down the lower uh, and there will be no more scrapyard matches. Oh, that, that's what I said after it was like, oh, God, I wanted more. <laughs> Which to me says they only had one day to shoot in the scrapyard. This was all they could get uh, and they can't do any more going forward. It's a bit like you're like Raw Underground when that is when that, <laughs> Shane McMahon. So this is fucking Dino Scarlo and uh, and friends. Uh, one of my notes as well, Kieran, was um, mm. they mentioned um, the scrapyard wrestling as um, it, was she called what was it Sorsha? So, 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 so she was like safeguarding here. So I thought even the scrapyard wrestling as safe as a safeguarding <laughs> officer. Brit Rest should have learned about 20, 22 years ago. Yes, it fucking should. Um, Steve Linsky. Joins Dan Belinka in the Crime Watch van. Oh my God! How 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 much does his head move during this interview? <laughs> He's like a wee, you know, like when um, we weebles. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he talks about Mad Dog scrapyard training and the situation between Williams and Knight. He says he has faith in Doug, no matter what place he's putting in the gauntlet, first, last, or somewhere in the middle. So. You'd think I'd shit all over this, but I'm not going to because they've created three long-running storylines with intrigue. Number one, TV title gauntlet and will Phil Powers make it to the match, which is in two weeks in real in, in TV time here. Daniels, Doug and Knight. Yeah. Did Linsky engineer Doug Williams' loss to Chris Daniels? Uh, is Stevie Knight in on it? And is he actually backing uh, Daniels in the gauntlet rather than his own man? Yeah. And what is the deal with Dino Scarlo and the scrapyard matches? Hmm. So that's three long-running storylines that have been set up. Great stuff. Yeah. We get a long recap of the Steve Linsky, Doug Williams, Stevie Knight, uh, Chris Daniels angle, including Saoirse speaking in a messy office next to a random box of tissues. She Just looked like... one more fight about <laughs> your leadership. <laughs> <laughs> she looked like she was the receptionist in a porter cabin on a building site. <laughs> like that office was such a fucking state. Um, she's be the <laughs> missing. <laughs> so the camera rushes into the locker room to find Knight and Williams are scrapping on the floor. Uh, Dino and Kenny try to break it up. Steve Linsky promo clearly shot in the scrapyard, edited by the same anarchist who edited Doug's last week. Uh, all about the gauntlet. Uh, and then we're in another locker room and Daniels takes Jamila's mic, says he's going to win the title and then take her out for dinner. Yeah. Wow, what a promo package. Fucking AEW could take tips from UWA. <laughs> One, like, it is a hilariously hokey, cheesy show with bad wrestling on it for the most part but yeah. what they do really well is the recap stuff yeah like they are always hammering home the main points the main stories of uh, of the promotion when i was um God, where were we now bwr a couple of weeks ago and i saw mm. i saw um our friend mr uh mr youngie mm -hmm. uh, and we were, we were talking about this and uh I said about like the world of sport thing maybe coming back. I said mm. they could do with UWA's like um like production and not production, but the way they built stuff and that. Yeah. And he told, totally agreed. Mm. He was telling us some of the stuff that were coming up. I can't can't remember now, but it was something like really fun. Didn't he say he was at this taping? Yes. Yeah. 
So it's our main event. We get a very brief recap of uh, Jason Cross versus Tiger Mask and Kerry Cabrera versus Grand Nanua. And then it's Tiger Mask versus Grand Nanua. I think there's been enough talk. It's time <laughs> for your main event. <laughs> well, it is Rampage, baby, isn't it? That's so. true. Except it would be that bloke from Sheffield instead. You want to see a main event? We'll beat you. Um, <laughs> Steve Morgan is ragging on the masks again, and he claims Papa T's gimp mask is more stylish than Tiger's or Nanowa's, which is blatantly not true. Uh, Nanowa attacks at the bell and batters Tiger all around ringside with a chair, and we go to our second mid-match ad break. I will say this, Kieran. When, mm-hmm. Once you found out it were a 10-minute time limit, what was your opinion? What was your initial I mean, thought? we know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. We're not fucking pointing either of us over. It's a draw. <laughs> yeah, I think that must have been to appease Michinoku Pro in some way. But yeah. if... I don't know if on the taping this match happened before or after the title match. Yeah. If it was before, there's no problem with Tiger beating Grand Naniwa to set up his title victory, even if they're not going to be shown that way round. If it was after, what's the problem with Ty- new champion Tiger Mask beating Grand Naniwa, even if it's a non-title yeah. match? Yeah. But I don't know what any stories were going on in Michinoku Pro at that time. You had um, some referee called Tentanabe. Tentanabe, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was a long-time Michinoku Pro referee, and he would accompany them wherever they went around the world. So he refereed the Croydon match they had in '96. Uh, I think he might have been the referee at Barely Legal. Um, yeah, because like he knew the guys, he knew their timing, and he would just go go everywhere with them. Mm. Back from the break, Nanawa stomps on Tiger and chokes him as children chant for Tiger, and then he repeatedly abuses Tiger Mask's bollocks, uh, headbutting, leg dropping, pulling them into the ring post. I imagine any women watching are wondering what all the fuss is about, says Kenny. And I'm like, Kenny, there is no women watching this show. There's barely any men watching this show. Yeah. I did put crowd uh, look uh, could be it could be less interested in this match. It, it was dead. It felt there, like the end of the tape. There is to... no way there is the claimed 1,500 people in the building at this point. No. No. So uh, none of what does the cap, uh, crab walk elbow and the Jericho pin, but the ref doesn't count. He brings a chair in and hits an ace crusher on it. This the referee counts for. Yeah. Uh, Tiger, who has apparently never seen a Ricky Steamboat match and doesn't know the rule about take two, give one back to show you're still alive. He's been dead selling for about seven minutes. Finally makes a comeback, avoiding a corner charge and drop kicking the chair into Nanawa's face. Creams him with a running roundhouse kick and boots him outside. Uh, Nanawa stops a space flying Tiger drop and comes back with a top rope drop kick. And Tiger in kind stops Nazai Moonsault and drills Nanua into the railings. Uh, Nanua escapes a vertical suplex back into the ring. Tiger flips out of a German, knocks him back to the floor and hits a massive top rope crossbody out to the floor, which was shot really well. It looked like he was 20 feet in the air. Brilliant. Uh, Nanua pinches somebody's glass bottle of Coke, drinks some, pours some over his head and then drops the bottle and breaks it. What a prick. That yeah. guy's not getting any of his coke back at all. Uh, back inside, Tiger flips out of a backdrop, hits a really nice overhead belly to belly, and the ref gets to two as the bell rings to signal a time limit draw. Uh, crowd chance for five more minutes, but they are denied. Nanawa feigns a handshake, kicks Tiger in the plums, snapmares him and goes for the mask, uh, but he gets distracted, taking shots at the ref, allowing Tiger the space to come back and send him packing. And that's our main event. You, you know what I'll say with this, Kieran? Mm-hmm. I put one word at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Shite. <laughs> so I Absol- thought... Absolute loads of stalling for about seven, eight minutes. Yeah. Oh, we'll do something for a minute. One minute left. Yeah. And then you just know what's coming. It yeah. was fucking dreadful. Compared, you, you know what? The last, ep- the last show we did, we did say, mm. these are two of the best ones on this. Oh, it'll be a good... Good ma- yes. When I heard Gannon Ewa versus Tiger Mask, I thought, right, this will be very good. Crap. Yeah. Uh, everything from Tiger's comeback onwards was good. But like you said, that's the last two minutes. Yeah. And 
for the previous eight mi- minutes was just worthless. It was just Nanua beating on Tiger with no comeback, no fire, no life, nothing to it. Mm. Um, yeah, it quite a poor way to uh, to end this this episode. Overall, it's really interesting. So there was maybe that's the only two good minutes of wrestling action on this show. And I thought it was funny that the two matches on the show had nothing to do with any of the ongoing storylines. No, we were just told uh, and shown all the other stuff that's going on around the company. The important stuff. Oh, by the way, here's two matches left over from the taping that don't have any story. Yeah, it felt like Rampage. Yeah, yeah. it did. <laughs> yeah, But um, it was, like you say, more of a storyline episode. I think the scrapyard stuff interests me now. Yeah, like, but we might not get any more of that. I know, but we, we you know, no, there could be many scrapyards in Blackpool. It is a <laughs> Yeah, so like the the storytelling is decent enough, and as I said, like they set up three routes of intrigue going forward, two of which should get paid off when we get to the gauntlet in two weeks. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing that gauntlet match as well. I think there's enough there's enough good workers in that that it could be quite fun. Um, it's obviously cheaper with less charismatic participants, but I think this this sits fine alongside the mainstream wrestling TV shows of the day, like. If I've watched my Raw for the week and my Nitro for the week and hell, even my ECW for the week, and I'm like really in the mood for like an hour more wrestling, like did you could at the time you could do much worse than turn this on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Daniels versus Williams was fine on episode three. I mean, yeah, we've had we've had a few good matches and the the storytelling is decent. Yeah, it's, keep, it's keeping me interested. And I've like I've said. The episodes are going uh, quick at the moment. Yeah. Next week, apparently, a special look at the 10 men in the gauntlet. So I'm not sure if we're going to get any actual matches on episode five or if it's just recap stuff. Well, you'll have to find out next time, listeners, won't you? Indeed. Um, so I think that's um, the end of episode three and four. Mm. Going to the plugs now, Kieran. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was listening to must-see matches on the, on the bus home today. Oh, yes. And, um, bloody hell, you were trying your best to get out of um, reviewing a Chris Benoit match for about 20 <laughs> minutes of the show, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got another one to do in a few months as well. So, yes, uh, while Twitter still exists, I am at Kieran Edits. The weekly podcast is at Must See Matches, uh, and I co-host that with Mark Buckledy as we review the top 104 matches as nominated by wrestling fans on Twitter, usually with a guest. I heartily recommend heading to linktr.ee slash matches and using the links there to subscribe on your platform of choice. Uh, recently, we have had Alan Forel come and talk about Kenny Omega versus Tetsuya Naito. WH Park came to talk uh, Kenta Kobashi versus Mitsuhara Misawa. Matty Edwards was an absolute riot talking about the first Hell in a Cell match from In Your House Bad Blood in 1997. Dave Ryan from Days of Thunder brought us CM Punk versus Samoa Joe 2. Uh, Alex from the Berubara Tag Boom helped us with Joshi History on the Manami Toyota versus Akira Hokuto from Big Egg Wrestling Universe episode. And what will either be the next or most recent episode, depending on when this goes out, uh, Garrett Kidney from the excellent TNA History Recap Podcast, you've got to be kidding me, came on to talk about AMW versus Triple X. Yes, the one with the cage walk, Hurricane Rana. TNA, TNA, TNA. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as, as Andy mentioned, we also did the WrestleMania 20 main event. Uh, but we, we try and keep it light. We get in as many digs at Triple H as we can because he's twat and he deserves it. Yeah. Um, uh, the other show uh, is DD Teach that is still going at, at DD Teach Pod on Twitter, and that's monthly. That's all about DDT Pro Wrestling from Japan. Uh, if you had your interest piqued by the recent episodes, uh, recent appearances by Kanosuke Takeshita and Junakiyama on AEW TV, uh, you should check that out. We're currently working on the next episode, which will be a look at three influential foreigners from DDT's history. Uh, Mark has done the research. I need to watch the matches, and uh, then we need to record the show. That's it. That's my my mammoth plugs uh, for this time around. And you can follow me, Monkey underscore Buckles. See, I did it in one take there. (laughs) (laughs) 
he very often does do it in one take now but early on like he would forget every time like he he would get it wrong or he would just forget his own twitter handle and uh, after i mean we've done 31 uh, musty matches and about a dozen dd teachers like yeah. he's he's uh he's figured it out now he knows i i like i give him the same setup line every every week and he now he nails it and if he doesn't nail it i'll go back to one of the ones he did and just edit it in <laughs> ah, behind the curtain there. Oh, absolutely. Um, anyway, you can fo- follow us um, at Oggy Part Three on Twitter at GCP Podcast One. Um, download us um, as ever. Um, we've recently done live reviews. Um, yes, um, very live reviews and drunken reviews with our Jeff <laughs> from uh, BWR at Cleefops and Wrestling Resurgence at Leicester. And also this past weekend, we made our return to Tidal Wrestling. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the uh, the ban is over. So, uh, yeah, made our return to Huddersfield. Very enjoyable show. Um, yeah, go and give it a listen. And also um, our previous uh, episode one and episode two of um, UWA. This is Rampage, baby. So, until uh, next time, this has been That Brit Rest TV Show. Cheers, Kieran. See you later.